0: Welcome to the third episode of Clinical Controversies. My name is Haven, and today we will be discussing assisted death, specifically euthanasia, and whether it should be permitted to minors with terminal illnesses. Assisted death is a model that includes both physician-assisted suicide, or PAS, and voluntary active euthanasia. PAS entails making lethal means available to the patient to be used at a time of the patient's own choosing. By contrast, euthanasia entails the physician taking an active role in carrying out the patient's request, and usually involves intravenous delivery of a lethal substance. Several states have legalized physician-assisted suicide for adults. However, assisted suicide for minors and euthanasia remain illegal. Growing concerns over whether euthanasia is ethical have begun to be prominent after a recent surge of debate concerning euthanasia after a New York Court of Appeals case, Myers versus Schneiderman, in 2017, which ruled that individuals do not have the constitutional right to undergo euthanasia. Not many patients are granted euthanasia, so there are only very few cases of euthanized patients in very few countries, such as Belgium and the Netherlands, which is why research on this topic is limited. Even though the debate over assisted death only directly affects a small percentage of minors in the U.S., since only a small percentage have terminal illnesses, those with six months or less left to live, it largely indirectly affects the lives of their families and their physicians, as well as a debate on whether or not it is ethical, which would then lead to other debates about more controversial medical topics. Susan Wolf, a professor at the University of Minnesota Law School, discusses the ethical, medical, and legal issues surrounding assisted death, and how the recent surge in advocacy for euthanasia in the U.S. has largely ignored minors. According to Wolf, by limiting proposals to adults, advocates brandish the sword of patient self-determination, while using voluntary choice as a shield against charges of abuse. Wolf's point is that when minors are not considered into this debate, they will be facing a dilemma in whether or not they will have the self-determination to cause death upon themselves, which would then have further implications than not addressing pediatric concern at all. The American Academy of Pediatrics, or AAP, published a journal in 2018 that addressed the question of whether pediatric euthanasia should be expanded in the Netherlands, a country that already permits euthanasia on minors. Marie Brouwer, MA, and her colleagues' perspectives were addressed. They asserted that removing the age restrictions in the Netherlands that limits the age of minors allowed to request euthanasia would permit euthanasia to children who suffer unbearably when there is no other way to relieve their suffering. Their perspective coincides with Wolff's in it that minors need to be addressed in the debate for euthanasia, which could be addressed by removing age restrictions, as said by Brower and her colleagues. In the past 15 years, nine cases of pediatric euthanasia have been reported. The majority of cases concerned with children with terminal cancer. All cases were assessed by a multidisciplinary review committee and considered appropriate. None of these cases had been children under 12 years of age. Thus, Wolf's Journal article supports the concept that most minors are not fully included in the debate. These cases are not related to the U.S. Nonetheless, it shows how even minors in countries that have euthanized that have legalized euthanasia have only been partially addressed. An alternate view on the euthanasia debate is that euthanasia is not ethical, and therefore minors would not and should not be addressed in the debate. In a published rebuke of the American Academy of Neurology's 2018 decision to rescind its opposition to euthanasia, a group of neurologists led by Dr. Joseph Mazdao of the Houston Methodist Neurological Institute warned that euthanasia is subject to many potential abuses. Mazdaw and his colleagues argue that the practice of assisted death is contrary to the interests of patients, their families, and the sound ethical practice of medicine. A journal article written in 2017, Katrina Hedberg, MD, MPH, PhD, addresses Oregon's Death with Dignity Act that was legalized 22 years ago, the first state to do so. From 2000, when coding of prescribers began, through 2016, 374 physicians in Oregon, fewer than 4% of all licensed physicians in the state, wrote prescriptions for assisted suicide, with 10 writing more than 20 prescriptions. This shows that PAS seems to cluster around a small group of physicians, either because these physicians are more likely to suggest the practice of PAS, or because patients requesting PAS are referred to them. If these physicians initiate the recommendation for PAS to their patients, then these physicians become the main drivers of PAS, regardless of their patient's acquiescence. If this is true for PAS, then the similar implications apply to euthanasia as well. As a reminder, PAS stands for Physician-Assisted Suicide. Dr. Christopher Caxor, a professor of philosophy at Loyola Marymount University, shares the same perspective as Mazdao and his colleagues in his contribution to the AAP's journal article, that euthanizing patients undermines the practice of palliative care. Caxor and Mastu both claim that relief cannot be undertaken by the simple act of euthanasia and that euthanasia opens the door for physician abuses like undermining palliative and psychological care. A 2019 data summary taken by the Oregon Health Authority Public Health Division supports these claims. In 2018, as in previous years, the three most frequently reported end-of-life concerns motivating assisted death in Oregon were loss of autonomy, 92%, decreasing ability to participate in activities that made life enjoyable, 91%, and loss of dignity, 67%. Decreasing ability to participate in activities was the second-highest motivation for patients requesting assisted death. However, death does not help in increasing the ability to participate in activities, which under palliative care are what physicians are supposed to do. Loss of dignity, as well, could be treated psychologically, yet only 2 out of 249 patients receiving prescriptions for assisted death were referred for psychiatric or or psychological evaluation. Patient guilt also lays behind the euthanasia door. If euthanasia becomes more acceptable and more expected, patients may feel compelled to turn to euthanasia to fulfill a perceived obligation to their families or other caretakers. Minors feeling that burden would then alter their psychological state more than adults because the frontal cortex, the area of the brain that controls reasoning and helps us think before we act, is still maturing well into adulthood. This is why minors, especially teenagers, behave in an impulsive way. If these minors then have the option of euthanasia being offered to them, they might impulsively take the physician up on the offer because they are only thinking in the present moment and can only see the consequences that will come right after their death. To most minors, these consequences might not only be that they will stop feeling pain, which will then allow them to stop having to cause their family any more pain, leaving the burden they believe they are in. Since most of the time, this burden is mental and not physical, euthanasia could easily expand to cater to the cognitively disabled. If patients with full mental function are allowed to end their lives, then it becomes a matter of discrimination for cognitively disabled patients not to have the same right. This phenomenon is evident in the Netherlands, where doctors hastening death on the base of either mental health disorders or dementia rose more than an eightfold from 2010 to 2016. With these opposing viewpoints, there is also the neutral stance on it, on the assisted death debate. In 2018, the American Academy of Neurology, or AAN, dropped its longtime opposition to legislation giving terminally ill patients the option of assisted death. According to their position paper, Lawful Physician Hastened Death, or LPHD, the decision was influenced by the results of a 2014 AAN-sponsored survey. More than 70% of responding members in PAS lawful states endorsed LPHD as an ethically permissible behavior, and more than 50% of these same individuals reported they would be willing to assist their patients in lawful hastened death. Numerous national and state groups have endorsed medical aid in dying. This shows that the neutral perspective is significant to the larger context because it shows that assisted death is so controversial that neutral stances were taken the limitation of these sources is that minors are not mentioned however as is the same for all perspectives these arguments can be associated with minors as well since the only difference is their age also minors are addressing some of the in some of these groups other stances on various other medical debates so minors eventually will need to be addressed concerning this neutral perspective Although this perspective only addresses LPHD/PAS, these arguments are applicable to euthanasia, such as how the committee approached the ethical analysis of LPHD. The boundaries of individual physicians' fiduciary responsibility to their patients and the effect of hastened death practice on societal trust of the medical profession as a whole were addressed, which is how various other perspectives approach the ethical analysis of euthanasia. Euthanasia remains a highly controversial debate, as seen by these various perspectives and the numerous people that are associated with those perspectives. Given this controversy, and in order to the debate for euthanasia to reach a conclusion, minors do need to be addressed. Minors make up 22.4% of the U.S. population, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, July 2018, and terminal illnesses vary with age. Therefore, if euthanasia is permitted only for adult patients with terminal illnesses, the issue of which terminal illnesses must also be brought up. Ignoring the debate on euthanasia on minors also ignores the difficulty of confining any right to these practices to adults, since rights to termination of treatment and abortion have already been extended, and assisted death are roots to these practices already extended to minors. Thank you for tuning in and come back next week where I will be talking about phage therapy.